Hey friends, we're so glad that you've chosen to tune into this podcast from Revival Fires today. We pray that this message brings you closer to Jesus. We'd love to host you at our regular Sunday morning meetings, 10.30 a.m. in Dudley. Also check out our website for our upcoming events. We look forward to welcoming you to our next event. All right, here we go. Here is the message. Turn with me in your Bibles, please, to Luke chapter 1. And um, I want to share... Uh, from a few verses starting at verse 26. Luke 1, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Netherton, a town in the West Midlands. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I got that wrong. Uh, (laughs) Sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. Imagine me getting that wrong. To a virgin, if you weren't here last week, um, Jesus was born in Birmingham, not, not Bethlehem. So, okay, it's, it's just an in-joke. To a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you're highly favoured. The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what on earth this kind of greeting was. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great. He'll be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word of God will ever fail. I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. This morning, friends, I believe that the Holy Spirit of God is looking for a landing strip where he can land. And he's looking out for a place where he can implant seed in your life where he can put promise in there, where he can put destiny in there and future in there. But more than anything, he can bring the Lord Jesus Christ in a brand new way to you. This is the day where our hearts will be that landing strip. Amen? Where we will receive a fresh encounter a fresh visitation of both the Word and the Spirit in our lives today. You see, 
here, right in this chapter, chapter one, we see that the natural is invaded with the supernatural. Bill Johnson wrote a book, didn't he? When heaven invades earth, if ever there was a moment in history when heaven invaded earth, friends, this is the moment when it's as if the clouds are parted and what God's pur- God purposed from the beginning of the world is about to be displayed and the angel Gabriel appears. Heaven invades earth. The natural is suspended with the supernatural. And whatever the current circumstances were, heaven overshadows those circumstances. This was a day for Mary of divine visitation, of encounter, of intervention. I don't know about you, but I want a day of divine visitation. I want heavenly encounter. I want to know what it is for God to intervene in my life. And sometimes we can look at a supernatural encounter as very ethereal, very up there, very super spiritual that happens in our mind, in our heart, in our soul. But do you know what happened this day when the angel visited Mary? There was a clash of worlds because heaven, the supernatural, came into the natural. The impossible came into the possible. And what couldn't even be imagined or thought or worked up was about to happen. And I don't know about our lives But we are not only after that amazing supernatural encounter in the heavenly places where we feel shaky and God is here and we can touch his spirit and there's an amazing presence. All of that I want. But I also want him to come and touch the ordinariness of my life. I want him to touch that which is just monotonous, that which is mundane, that those areas where I just keep doing and I keep doing and I keep going and I love the Lord but life is just the same and there doesn't seem to be any breakthrough and and here I am keeping myself as good as I can keep myself just like Mary. But today, friends, is a day when God is going to break into your lives anew. I proclaim it. I pronounce it. We invite it. This is a day of divine encounter, of divine turnaround, just like it was for Mary. So it will be today. Heaven is invading earth. There is coming, friends, a sovereign moment when God himself is going to land on your heart. Because just like, you know, I was thinking planes, they land at airports and that seems so normal. That's the normal thing that happens. But imagine if a plane has to make a sudden landing. 
Or if there's an area where their land, where the ground has not been prepared and where um, an airstrip has not been built, you can imagine the pilot is trying to find, is searching for finding a place where he can land or she can land that plane, where it can be received safely, where the passengers or the purpose, the cargo on that plane can land. And God the Holy Spirit is looking for that landing strip. Just like in these days in Luke chapter 1, the Spirit of God was looking for a place for a person where his purposes could be fulfilled. That landing strip means that barrenness will be changed to fruitfulness, that ordinariness will be lifted and there'll be purposefulness or a word like that. There'll be destiny that we can be living out in our lives. It means that there may be a sudden breaking in of the Spirit of God. We could have been preparing all our lives for it, or it could be a sudden breaking in. And one minute, everything has changed. It was like that for Mary. We know that. A sovereign moment. God comes. The ordinary, the natural is suspended as heaven breaks in. All the routine, all the plans, all the expectations have to be adjusted because the surprise of heaven is here. 300 years of silence were broken on this day. In between Malachi and Matthew in her Bibles, there was those years of silence. And how was it broken? The angel Gabriel, who, by the way, just a few verses ago, had been to visit Zechariah, but it was a few months ago. But the angel Gabriel appears on the scene in the home, we're presuming, of Mary, a young woman. And the angel Gabriel, he's no regular, it, he, she, it, is no regular angel He's an archangel. That means he's like the chief of princes. This isn't just like a postman or a, a messenger with a letter from, from God, although it might have appeared like that to Mary. This is the chief, one of the chief among the, prison, the princes of heaven's armies. There was Gabriel and Michael, we know about them, an archangel. He's the angel that carries the redemptive purposes of God. And he appears to just an ordinary young girl who was doing ordinary things. She'd just become engaged to be married. It was probably all her heart ever desired. This young Jewish woman, this girl who knew the scriptures because we find out later that she sings Isaiah, she sings the Psalms. But there she was just doing her ordinary things. She'd just made a shopping list to go to Ikea because the wedding wasn't far away. And we all need those sort of lists, don't we? But here's Mary, the angel Gabriel sent from God, this chief prince of heaven's armies. 
And he says these words. Greetings. You are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. And then I love this. Mary was greatly troubled. Goodness me, he'd only basically said hello. And, and she's like greatly troubled. What does greatly troubled mean? Well, it doesn't mean that you stand at the door and say, oh, hi, Mr. Postman, you know. It, she's greatly troubled. She's possibly shaking. She's probably thinking, something's going on. Have I done something wrong? What's, what's this visitor come to me? And yet, you remember I just said Mary knew the scriptures. She knew the Old Testament. She hears the words from the angel Greetings, you're highly favoured. The Lord is with you. And ding, something goes off in her memory. She's thinking, I've read this somewhere before in the scriptures. An angel came to a threshing floor where Gideon was hiding from the enemy. And this angel pronounces exactly what I've just heard. The Lord is with you. And I love it in Judges 6. Gideon turns around and says, pardon me, my Lord, but I think you've got this wrong. And Mary doesn't quite say those things, but you can imagine what's going on in her mind. Greetings, you are highly favoured, and the Lord is with you. Mary's response was honest. What's your response like when, we, when the Lord visits? Trevor was just saying, just just now, that we need the Holy Spirit to take that veil off of our face. So we can't get by with fake anymore. You know, the fake tan is the makeup, it's not going to do it. We need to let God in under the surface to do what he needs to do. Her, her response was honest. She was afraid. It's okay to be afraid if you tell God about it and let him do something about it. She says she, he was, it says she was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. She was agitated. She was distressed. I was all right till this angel came along and now God's intervening and I've got to work out how, how I'm going to manage this in my life. I've got a feeling... Things are going to change because God himself is visiting me today. She did not understand heaven breaking in. She didn't understand that she was highly favoured. She didn't even understand that the Lord was with her. She's at this moment just trying to find a place where this will fit in her heart. Is that how it is when God breaks into your life? Sometimes we have arguments, don't we? When God tells us something or a scripture just pops out or we receive a, a prophetic word and you think, oh, that's a wonderful word, but that can't possibly be for me. Or this scripture, you think, well, that's an amazing promise, but I don't know how I can embrace it into my life because I find it hard to believe the impossible. But here Mary wonders. She wonders honestly. She's troubled. 
But she doesn't close the door and say, go away. I can't believe what I'm seeing. You know, I, something must be wrong. And God is visiting you today, not because something's wrong, but because he wants to bring his word to you. He wants to implant it afresh in you. And he wants to release a new sense, a new touch, a new embrace, a new fullness of the Holy Spirit over you. And Gabriel, in response to that, um, he sees how Mary is. Isn't that amazing? Heaven understands you. I remember reading when our girls were little that um, you don't bring, you don't treat all your children the same. That each child is different. I've only got two, we've only got two, but they're different. And so you can't treat them the same. You express love somehow differently to them. You speak to them in a language they understand. You discipline them differently, appropriately, to their nature, to their character, to their sensitivity. And here, heaven's just not blasting in like it may have done in other circumstances. But it's as if there's a way that the angel sent from God knows how to minister, knows how to, to speak, knows how to uh, relieve that fear that Mary's feeling. And when God comes to you, he doesn't treat you like a cookie-cutter Christian, like one size fits all. He knows you. Oh, he knows you. He knows all about you. He knows your past and your present and your future. He knows how to speak your language. He knows how to allay your fears. He knows how to call you into his purposes in a way that you won't be able to refuse in a way that the arguments will just fall away. And this is what Gabriel responds to Mary in her worried, distressed, agitated state. And, it, and, and here's Gabriel. Don't be afraid, Mary. He speaks directly to her emotions. And I want to let you know, the Spirit of God wants to speak directly to your emotions because he wants to change fear into faith. He's able to implant that in you. Have the faith of God, it says in Mark 11. And faith comes from hearing. Here's Gabriel, he's speaking to Mary and he's talking about changing faith, fear into faith. Then he says, you have found favor with God. I don't know if there's anyone here this morning that feels out of favor, that feels like I'm on the end of the queue and it ran out before it got to me. Or, it feel, or you're feeling that sense of abandonment or rejection. You're thinking, oh, favor seems to be the last thing in my life right now. I want you to know that God is here and he's pouring favor upon you. 
He's opening heaven with favor upon you. The good news is that Jesus Christ loves you, has loved you, and always will love you. And he is saving you. That's his name. He's saving you. He's making you whole. He's bringing you into that purpose that he has for you. Favor is being honored with undeserved blessings. And that's what we have, friends. That's what we have. Paul says at the beginning of Ephesians that we have every blessing in heavenly places undeserved blessings. You have acceptance. You're, accept, you're accepted. You have reassurance. And that's what Gabriel was bringing to Mary. Then you'll conceive. There is potential in every one of us that God wants to breathe upon until he sees Christ formed in each one of us. There is unseen potential in the implanted seed. And God wants to bring about what is unseen into seen. We've seen um, Akin and his wife and how she's about to deliver in just a few weeks' time. Friends, God is planting his word inside of you until it grows and grows and grows and can't be hidden anymore because he's got a purpose for you that has to come to birth. You might feel you've been carrying it forever. And I know when you reach eight months, mums, that you do feel like you've been carrying this promise forever. You think, will, this, will, will I actually end up in a delivery suite or do, will I always stay like this? Believe me, there will come a day <laughs> when baby arrives. Do we agree, mums, on that? There will come a day, however late babies are, and my two were, well, late, two weeks late. So um, I'm not wishing that on you, but there will come a day when the promise of God will come about. I know it. I know it for sure. I've known it in my life, and I know it, it will happen in your lives. You will conceive the unseen potential will become a visible reality. And you will give birth to a son. Oh, I love this. Gabriel just goes back and picks up Isaiah chapter 7. And he says, you know, um, and, and Isaiah chapter 9 as well, he talks about God with us, Emmanuel. He talks about, you know, unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. Oh, didn't you love singing the, the carols this morning? Wasn't it terrific to sing such truth? And Ryan, I just have to say, as a guitarist, um, leading carols I was so impressed you got every chord change I'm thinking I didn't know you could play you could play them except for on a keyboard of course but I was impressed so well done go on give him a, some applause for getting those here we are you will have a son you will give birth there will there is time that needs to take place. Time needs to happen before 
that baby is born. Don't we know about that? We have to wait. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes you don't know if you can eat too much or too little or not eat at all. Um, sometimes you don't know if you can be comfortable in the places that you used to be comfortable. Let me tell you, when God has planted a promise within you, it affects your whole being. It affects you physically, it affects you emotionally, it affects you spiritually. And what the angel is saying here, you will have a son. You will give birth to a son. Friends, you will give birth to the promise that God has implanted in you. There will be a fulfillment of the word, um, just like Gabriel was explaining to Mary, you will give birth. And then this is such a precious part of the verse to me. He says, you are to call his name Jesus. This, is the, this friends, is the first mention of the name of Jesus. See, we've read this story every Christmas. We've read it many, many times in our Bible reading plans. But this is the first mention of the name Jesus. It's not in the Old Testament like this. It talks about the son. It talks about the baby. But Gabriel, God's representative of the redemptive purposes, comes to Mary and says, You, Mary, will call his name Jesus. And we know that in Matthew, where the angel also talks to Joseph and says he'll be called Jesus, because that means saviour. It means he will save his people from their sins. He'll not only save from sins, it's that word sozo that we know so well as an inner healing ministry. He will not only cleanse and save and redeem from sins, but he'll heal all the brokenness. He'll make whole what got broken through life before we even came on this earth or, or in our journey. And what I love is it's not uh, when he spoke that to uh, Joseph in Matthew chapter 1, the, the word for sin there is hamartia. It's falling short, missing the mark. We've heard this many times, haven't we? So it's not only a cleansing of what we would call, oh, those are really bad sins, as if you can call a sin good, for goodness sake, you know, but it's, it's just failure. It's not coming up to the standard that God intended for our lives Jesus saves from all of that. There's no more need for shame. He cleanses the guilt of our sin. And I just feel there's people here that need to hear that this morning. That if you've missed the mark, you're thinking, well, I haven't done anything really bad. You know, I haven't shot anybody. Or I haven't done, you know, the, the sort of the crazy thoughts that we have. But I didn't do this, and I, I didn't do that, and I, I know I, that part of my life wasn't a good part. Listen, Jesus saves. He saves. He saves you however awful you felt, however bad you felt this sin was, however gross, whatever you've been through. 
But even for the things that hold us back in fear and anxiety or depression, even those things that we can't hardly identify, we just know they possess us sometimes, he's come because he's saviour. And he's saving you. He's saving you today. He's coming afresh to reveal himself as saviour. And Gabriel, the angel Gabriel, says to Mary, you will call his name Jesus. Friends, I want you to call his name Jesus today. You may have called him many times, but today call on his name again. Just say it with me, Jesus, Jesus, Savior, Savior. I want you to be so reassured that he is fully your Savior. There is nothing he cannot save. There is nothing outside of his saving grace. And he is Jesus, your Savior, and you can call him Jesus today, just like Mary was given that instruction. You will call him Jesus. And then Gabriel talks about the prophecies of Isaiah and of the Psalms and goes a little bit further into those. And Mary's response, I I love this. She says, she didn't do what Gideon said and said, pardon me, you've got it all wrong. (laughs) But she says, I just can't quite understand how this is going to happen. So this amazing spiritual encounter, this heavenly invasion of earth. And Mary, who, to be perfectly honest, we've often thought of as a little child with a blue dress on in front of some straw in a manger on a nativity play at the primary schools. You know, she wasn't that at all. She was a young woman who'd kept herself pure until the day she was wed to Joseph. She was a young woman who probably all she ever wanted was to be in a town amongst her family and have children and bring them up. And and yet the Spirit of God invades her world and somehow all that she had known is about to, as it were, be like lighting the blue touch paper as heaven comes and lands on earth. How will this happen? You've got promises, I know. You've got verses that God has given you, your life passages. You've got hopes and dreams. God's giving you dreams and visions And you're thinking to to yourself, well, I I write them in my journal. I'm praying over them. But, But Lord, will the impossible happen? How will this happen? Mary says, let me give you some keys. Hebrews 6 verse 12 says, we inherit promises through two things, faith and patience. And then earlier on in Hebrews 4, it says, They didn't receive the promises because the word they received was not mixed with faith. Friends, we need faith and we need patience. And the word that we receive must be mixed with faith. 
in order for it to be fruitful. On the GPS, the uh, Global Prophetic School, one of the lessons there in the course is what do we do when we receive a prophetic word? Does it just stay in our journal and we put the journal on a shelf and it goes with last year's and the years before? And hope against hope, we hope that God might do it. Of course not. So we war with it. We write it down. We pray over it. We war with it. We share it. We invest in it. We, we don't let God forget that he gave us a promise. But actually, more to the point, we don't forget that we've received a promise. How will this happen? Abraham was a bit like that, wasn't he? Abraham had a promise, and it was donkey's years before it was fulfilled. In fact, he'd got to the point, I think, where he even said, I'm too old to receive your promise. Let me tell you, when I was in my teens and 20s, I used to think, I'm too young for the Spirit of God to use me. And the catch is, when you get to your 50s and 60s, the same enemy that said, you're too young for God to use you, turns around and says, excuse me, you're too old for God to use you. I want you to know God wants to use you and you and you and you. And he wants to use you every day of your lives. Abraham said, I think I'm too old for this promise. My wife's too old. It's just, we'll just have to bury the promise. No, it doesn't. Well, he, he did have that moment. And I think we've all had those moments. But then in Romans, it says, but Abraham didn't stagger. He didn't fall over at that promise. It didn't trip him up. He staggered not at the promise but he grew strong in his faith and gave glory to God. Mary's asking, how will this happen? I don't want to stagger in my faith. If what you're saying to me is true, I want to believe it. I want to act on it. I'm not going to just forget today and put it in my journal and leave it on a shelf for years to come. No, she said, how will this be? And she presents to the angel as much as she can. She says, well, I'm a virgin. I've kept myself pure. I'm not going to have a baby. My mind is trying to work this out. Do you try and work out God's plans? You know, when we try and do it our way, it's not going to work, is it? It doesn't stop us trying, I'm sorry to say. We do try. But Mary says, okay, I've given up trying. I couldn't do this my way. It would be impossible for me. Would you answer this for me? How will this be? Let heaven hear you say that today, friends. Come on with me. How will this be? How will this be? How will that promise that you've given me, how will it be fulfilled? Everything is crashing down around me. It might be my bank account, it might be my relationships, it might be my thought processes, it might be my employment, it might just be life. I don't know 
how to work out the promise that God has for me. Will you help me, God? Because in myself, there's no future. There's no fruitfulness. If it's just left to me, this stays impossible. But it's not just left to you, friends. It's not just left to you. It wasn't just left to Mary. Because Gabriel makes this amazing announcement. And he says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Let the Spirit of God breathe upon those promises. Let him come and breathe his life, his breath of life upon the word that he's implanted, that he's impregnated into you. What does that word mean? The Holy Spirit comes upon you. That coming means descending and operating. Oh, Holy Spirit of God, descend on me and do all the operations that you need to do. Do the work that you need to do in my life, precious Holy Spirit. And I just pray that for you as I pray for me that there'll be um, a coming down, a descending of the Spirit of God upon every heart and life right now, even as I'm still talking, that the Holy Spirit will come down. And it says um, the power of the Most High will overshadow you. That power is the miracle-working dynamite, the dynamic power that put stars into place, friends, that created in seven days this whole universe, and who knows what more. But God created the heavens and the earth, and the Spirit of God was the agent in that creation. Do you think he can't breathe upon you? Do you think his power is too small? His arm is too short to fulfill in you the promise that he has. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is coming upon you. He's descending. He's operating on you. And the power of the Most High is overshadowing you. What does that mean? He's the power of God, the miracle-working power is not only surrounding you or or shadowing or coming like an umbrella, a covering over you, but it's almost like enveloping you. Imagine you're his letter and he's enveloping you in his miracle working power. You're just saturated with his miracle working power. This is a mystery, friends. This is a mystery. We cannot understand it with our human minds. This is more than we could hope or imagine. Listen, I'm applying this to our promises. I cannot imagine how Mary was feeling as she was receiving these words from the angel Gabriel. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. And he talks about Elizabeth, then he says, For no word from God will ever fail. 
I just want you to hear that afresh this morning. No word from God will ever fail. Ours might. We might be unfaithful, break promises as much as we don't want to. But I have news for you. No word, no word from God will ever fail. Another translation, nothing will be impossible for our God. Have you got impossibilities, friends? Have you got doors that are closed? God's going to open them for you. Have you got impossibilities? Have you got darkness? God's going to shine his light. Because nothing is impossible with him. I'm not telling you it's happening today, but I'm telling you God is encountering you today and he's planting a fresh seed of faith inside you, in the very depths of your being. Faith that will explode and come to life as the Spirit of God overshadows you and as the power, the dynamic, miracle-working power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you and envelops you, surrounds you. No word of God will ever fail. There's a lot more to this story, of course, you know. But I'm only thinking about Mary this morning and her response to heaven invading her life. Oh, I love it. I just love it that God should choose me and you just like he chose this unknown person in Nazareth, getting on with her life, and heaven opens, and a chief prince amongst heaven's armies comes and visits her. I want you to be prepared as best you can for the unexpected, for the surprise visit of heaven, bringing God's word afresh into your life. So what, was, what did Mary do when the angel left? You know, we can have amazing encounters with God, and I know many, many of you have. Those times when you've been in his presence, and it feels like an angel has come, or the word has been so real as you've read it, you feel like God himself is next to you just speaking words of life to you. And for me, uh, something happened 12, 14 years ago. I was in India at the time, and heaven opened over me. Listen, don't get me wrong. This does not happen very often to me. Probably less than a handful of times in my whole life. But the times that I've received what I would call a heavenly encounter a heavenly visitation has changed my life. I remember when um, I received prayer, we were teaching on the supernatural school in Gangtok in India. And um, I was being prayed for and I went out like a light. Now normally I would, being part of the ministry team, 
I would be praying for everybody and waiting till the end to get prayer and we know how that works. But I was so desperate for God this one day. I put my hand up. I said, pray for me first, Trev. <laughs> just pray for me first. Like, I'll just forget all the protocol and I just need prayer. And the Spirit of God fell upon me. And for I don't know how long, really. could have been half an hour or whatever. It doesn't really matter. But the Spirit of God just fell upon me, showed me things, opened my eyes, caused me to see things in Scripture, and a lot, lots went on. But what he did more than anything, he took me to the place before the altars of God. And I was sitting there playing on my grand piano, like I have at home, the piano that Trevor bought me. And I was playing on my grand piano. And I was playing worship songs. And next to me in an armchair was my Father God. Friends, that has changed my life. Just that sense of acceptance, just that sense of God is with me. All I have to do is turn to him. This morning I played the piano before I left the house. And honestly, I need to contact a, a makeup company to see if they really, really can make waterproof mascara that works. Because, I mean, I just sat at the piano and my father God was there. I was playing for like five or ten minutes watching the time because I had to leave for church. And, and I'm thinking, oh God, you are so faithful. This happened to me years ago, but I, w I treasure heaven's intervention in my life. This is the place where I meet God. Sometimes I'm not sat at the piano, but I'm there in my mind, in my heart, at the place where my father, my heavenly father is next to me. Where I can tell him anything, and he can tell me everything. So, I did just want to finish what Mary was doing. I, I, I said that to say that there may not be many encounters that you have, but friends, treasure them. God is implanting his word in you. He's letting you find favor. He's telling you that God is with you. These, are, these seem such basic truths, but oh, shake yourself. You need them. You need them. I think the, the most repeated prophetic word in the scriptures is the Lord is with you. I am with you. Why do you think he says it? Because we need to know it. I need to hear it. I need to know that my God is with me. Everything's all right. If my God is with me. And I know he's for you, friends. Okay, just a few things. After the visitation, because the Lord said to me, you can come back to this place anytime you like, Sharon. And I do. Because that's my meeting place with him. And can you imagine Mary in her heart of hearts, especially during those nine months where she was carrying the baby? would go back many times and say, just speak out in her, in her heart those memories of the visitation. And in fact, all throughout her life, you will call his name Jesus, Mary. You will call his name Jesus. Friends, remind yourself of the words God's spoken to you. Now let me just very quickly as I land this plane on the airstrip of your heart. <laughs>
Let me just quickly say, after the angel left, what did Mary do? Because when God intervenes in your life, you need to know what to do. She renewed relationships with those who would support her and encourage her and be a blessing to her. She renewed relationships. Find out the person or the people who you share the innermost secrets that God has given to you with because they will build you up. They will push you forward in your faith. She rested. So, okay, she renewed relationships. Come on, these are ours. Alliteration. She rested. You cannot rush the purposes of God. Can't rush a pregnancy, right? You cannot rush the purposes of God, but you can rest in them. She stayed with Elizabeth um, three months, I think it says. Three months she stayed there. She wasn't in a rush doing everything that she thought she should do. She wasn't going around telling everybody about it. No, when God gives you a secret word, just let it bubble. Just let it grow and mature inside you, alongside those people God gives you. And remember, rest in his promise, no rush. And what else did she do? Number three, she rejoiced. She rejoiced. Oh, her prayer in the latter part, the middle part of Luke chapter one, it's just so joyful. It's just, she just expresses her joy to God. Listen, Friends, she was engaged to be married. This was an interruption in her life. It could have caused her shame. She has dealt with these things because she's about to call the baby which is to be born Savior. She's known some saving going on in her life. She's known an experience of salvation. I don't know how, but she expresses it in her song. She rejoices and worship will bring you through to the fulfillment of profit of promise she quotes the isaiah she quotes the psalms she 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 just glorifies god and says that she knows that god will always fill the hungry with good things Thanks for listening. Stay connected, be resourced and equipped by subscribing to our YouTube channel, our podcast channel, and following us on social media at Revival Fires on Instagram and Facebook. If you've been impacted by this ministry, why don't you consider investing and sowing a gift? Visit our website for details on how to give.